0: brief <laughs> anyway listen to our amazing NBA podcast The Mismatch
1: or don't we really don't care we're probably
0: gonna win a million awards either way <laughs> Chris we do care so don't say that please
2: subscribe and listen to The Mismatch only on Spotify did
0: you really call
2: me a bozo <laughs> It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same game parlays all in one page. Plus, start betting on the Explorer page and the Pulse and bet live same game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and Bentwood FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gambling. Please visit theringer.com backslash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older and present in select states gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com backslash RG. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com.
3: If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids games,
0: What's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of Off Guard. I'm your host, Pasha, and joining me as always, Macaroni Tony Austin Rivers. What's up, man? How you doing?
1: You know, I would accept that, but before this episode started to record, we looked up what macaroni Tony is. And the wrong definition is on Urban Dictionary. That is not what ant, that is not what ant means. So do not look it up. <laughs> So I'm gonna
0: give you this moment right now to kind of clear the air. What does what does Macaroni Tony mean? And it how many people much have called you boy. that since?
1: It's a pretty boy. It's a, another name for a pretty boy. Do you think? Do you kind
0: of refer to yourself as pretty? Like, do you think you are a pretty boy, or do you?
1: Rule number one of being one is you never refer to yourself as one. Just you just let the you let the people do it for you. Okay, I, I'm I'm not gonna say what I am or what I'm not. I'm not gonna take credit for it. I'm not here to do that. Okay, Aunt was Aunt did it for me. So.
0: If you guys want to call me that, by all means. Well, the t-shirts are going to get made, and so that's, that's going to be a good thing for us. Um, you're in Memphis right now? <laughs> you're in, no, Memphis in Memphis right Memphis, now? Yeah, yeah that, that's, my, yes. that's my city. I lived there for
1: a few years. Hip, hip, hooray. I'm in Memphis.
0: And you're playing tomorrow, correct?
1: I am. I'm, I'm, I'm back. Um, fresh legs, fresh mind. I feel good. Uh, no, I'm really excited to be back with the team. It's uh it's that weird time of the year after the deadline, a lot of stuff going on. You got to stay focused. Got a couple games left before the All Star break, so we we really got to close out these last three games the best way we can, considering what the West is looking like now.
0: the The Grizzlies are. We've talked about this before. They're kind of your your team's rival, I would say, definitely.
1: I, you know, I, again, it's hard for me to speak on that. I wasn't here for that really, but just in the games this year, they've all been. um high-intensity games. I think we have the series right now, two to one. This is the last game. Um, so it'll be it'll, it'll be a good game tomorrow, Friday night game, uh, especially with obviously we've made moves, big moves for our team um, or they made moves uh, for our team. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, and the Grizzlies haven't been playing well as of late. Uh, they've been going, kind of going through it. There's been drama kind of surrounding their team. And, you know, Jaw recently said that they're the most unlikable team in the NBA. Do you agree with that? um
1: sure i guess you know i you know they they are a certain way and some people love it and some people don't um i think it's part of their makeup you know them being that way and you know that way i mean by dancing and talking this is that i don't see a problem with it i really don't i don't have a problem with the way they act but some people i guess they do rub the wrong way
0: you mentioned your team made a lot of big moves let's get into it you guys made a big trade at point guard
1: Yeah, man, they traded out uh, my boy D'Lo, who is now back in his starting grounds, Los Angeles. Uh, We'll get into that, I guess, in a second. And uh, we got Michael Conley, who's just the uh, epitome of a pro, Um, just a real all-around solid player. And I think someone who they wanted to just help balance, maybe balance the water a little bit, uh, balance the boat, uh, especially with Carl coming back. Um, you know, just have someone in there who's a little bit more even kill. You know, I, again, I don't know. These are all assumptions, but uh, yeah, I think, I think it will be good for us. I think this is one of those trades you'll see as a win-win. Um, you know, I think it'll be good for our team. And I think it's obviously much needed for Los Angeles, <clears throat> them getting a player and score like D-Lo, um, you know, and we bring in a really high caliber guy in a, in a good vet in, in Michael Conley. Uh, and then, um, you know, also we, we, uh, we also lost Bryn Forbes who they waived. I think he's close to signing a deal with the bucks if he has not already. And, uh, that that's really cool too. Cause that's where he won, had some success. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's always, it's always so interesting, man. Like during the season when guys head out and move and you have to like, you really just get snapped back into reality, how much of a business this really is. You'll, you'll make friendships with guys. You'll, you know, build relationships with guys. Um, and, uh, you know, just like that, they're taken away and guys got to go somewhere else. You know, guys' wives could be friends with your wife or your girl could be friends with someone's girl, you know, how that goes. So it's always that weird time of the year, but I wish nothing uh, but the best for those guys. And I'm officially not the oldest. So I am and not by even close. It's not even close. I think what, what's Michael Conley? Mike
0: Conley, Mike Conley was in the 2007 draft. So he, he was oh, class of 06. He's got to be 30, 35, 30, 34, 35, um, 35, 35, I think you're okay he's, he's got
1: yeah. you about yeah. a decade. Five years yeah that's just think that's five years older than me people treat me like i'm like 37 36 i'm like bro i'm 30 i just turned 30. he's 35 i got that's a, that's a real inspiring number for me just because it tells me that's five years away so i officially don't feel old anymore
0: and we'll get into what mike brings to your team in a minute but what for all the laker laker fans out there what are they getting with delo because i know you really like being his teammate So what what were the Lakers getting there? I
1: I enjoyed D'Lo, man. Um, You know, he's misrepresented in a a lot of ways. A lot of it just due to stuff that haunted him from a long time ago. Um, I still think follows him today. Uh, And not every player is for every situation and every environment. You know, I've been in places where I might have not have fit in the best to where now I fit into this culture very well. And I'm sure it's the same way for other guys. What the Lakers are getting is a supreme confident player. Uh, supreme high IQ player, um, shot maker, especially down the stretch. Uh, can really shoot the ball and he's crafty. He's not athletic. He might not be the greatest defender, but he's actually gotten better. He tries uh, a lot harder now on defense, which has been obviously kind of like his Achilles heel for the most part. But um, he's he's pl- played a lot better defensively this year. And offensively, man, like the guy's just gifted. He really is. He's he's so highly skilled, Pasha. Like, st- is one of the higher-skilled players in the NBA. He's not really that athletic at all. He's just so crafty and knows the game. He's a high IQ player. He's really what the Lakers need. Uh, they need another guy. so That way LeBron's not making all the decisions and all the plays. I think he'll be valuable for LeBron and AD. Um, so it's a big pickup for them, honestly. And then you add the Beasley in there with shooting that they needed. And then Vando, just a guy who can really play hard and knows how to play his role as a pro. They got a lot better. Um, and then you add the Achimura came in, what, like a week ago, two weeks ago? So they, yeah. they're they all around a different team. You know what I mean? The West is crazy. I mean, who else made a big move today? It was, I mean, a,
0: a lot of teams that got a lot better in the West. Um, your your team is one of them. You know, Mike Conley brings a lot. I feel like, especially last year in the playoffs the gri- uh, with the Grizzlies, the T-Wolves, they just lacked that experience, right? Like, they, Timberwolves probably should have won that series. And what they were missing was probably a guy like Mike Connolly, who's kind of going to be the adult in the room, kind of set the table for everyone, you know, be a leader, like set by example. So I feel like that's a great, great pickup for you guys. And yeah, with like the Lakers, they get... They get a, I, think, I feel like D'Lo is a gamer. And I feel like he's going he's gonna to show up. He's going to have big games for the Lakers. And Le- LeBron's just getting a player. When at the beginning of the season, everyone kind of made fun of the Lakers and said, they don't have a lot of NBA players on their roster. You can't say that anymore. They added four... Rotation guys, a few starters there in the last week, so in fact, like the Lakers got a lot better for sure,
1: yeah, the Lakers definitely upgraded. uh we upgraded just in the sense that you know Mike is gonna fit more so what I think they're trying to do here, so not really comparing player for player. Uh, I really do think lo's in a perfect spot. I'm actually happy that he's back there so he could like do it right this time almost. you know what I mean, Go back to where you know the Lakers wanted him, saw a lot of good in him, you know him being back there now at this point in his career, he's a pro now. Um, I think he has a chance really to like resurrect himself in that light, especially because he's going to have it. There's no bigger stage than being a starting point guard for the Lakers um, in, in, in basketball. It's like being the quarterback for, you know, the, the Cowboys. So uh, it's, it's exciting for him. I'm excited for him and I'm excited for us. You know, I think a lot has cleared the air with Mike here, just because I think even it had to be hard on D'Lo is probably hard on everyone here because that was kind of looming all season is what's going to happen with him and I think now it gives clarity to Delo and his situation and it gives clarity to our team and our direction and we can kind of just go be our best selves. so I look forward to seeing how this this um this season's really going to end man it's going to be wild because the west is so tight right now from team to team anything can happen and there's 27 26 games left man it's going to be uh i think actually less like 25 games left uh for us personally i think or something like that and it's going to be a it's going to be a dog fight
0: Yeah, and I was gonna ask you, is there the month or so leading up to the trade deadline? You know, it's probably a little nerve wracking. Some guys think, am I gonna get moved? What's gonna happen? Now that the trade deadline's kind of come and gone, do you feel like there's a sigh of relief? Like now guys know, okay, this is the this is the team we're going, and this is the squad we're going to war with, this is what we have. Is it just a different vibe? Yeah, I mean,
1: it's it's I think like I said, it's like a relief. You know, a lot of guys feel that off their shoulders. You know, at least you know, okay, this is the squad that we have remaining going forward. So now we can build with this team. It's really easy for us because we're adding a guy like Mike, and he's one of the most high-character guys in basketball. So, you know, adding him to the team is only just going to help us. Plus, there is some familiarity with there with him and Rudy. They play together um, on the same team. So, uh, you know, you already have that connection, and I'm sure he'll fit in just fine here. We got good guys here. So, uh, you know, it's my job, Kyle's job, TP's job, some of the older guys to help him to – pro you know progress and you know fit in as well as he can here
0: i've spent some time with mike in memphis he is just one of the the best guys overall not even in basketball like one of the best guys i've ever i've ever been around i think he's played what 16 years in the nba never had a technical foul like this you're getting like an all-time teammate here so i think you're going to see that offer up
1: that and i think yeah that's what they wanted at that point guard spot really especially with carl and anthony um still being very young especially anthony I think they really needed that and wanted that. And um, yeah, it's a good move for both parties.
0: And can you kind of take me through, you've been traded, you know, during, in the middle of a season before people don't understand that part of it. They just, you know, they see trades, they see a tweet and they're like, oh, that guy's going over there. He's going to wear a different Jersey. What, what goes down when you get traded in the middle of a season? I mean, there's so much that goes into it, right? The logistics moving, a different team getting to know, you know, a different style of, of offense or defense, for example. What's, you know, can, can, can you take us through that?
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's never easy. Um, even when it's a situation, uh, even when it's a situation where you're relieved to be going somewhere else, you know what I mean? It's still just so much that goes into it. Uh, packing your stuff. Uh, you have a girlfriend, you have a fiance, a wife, kids, multiple kids, animals, uh, your cars, your stuff, all in all, you got to get all that stuff that it has to be moved quickly. Uh, your mindset changes. Your family has to readjust themselves in a new neighborhood in a new culture in a new environment. Um, you know, she probably made friends on the team with other players, wives. It's never easy. People always think it's just so easy. And the response to that would be, well, that's what you guys get paid millions to do. Then that's correct. That is why we get paid a lot. It's part of the reason why we're able to handle stuff like this. It's a very small part, but it doesn't make the situation any more easier. You know, just because we have money. Of course, we're able to, you know, pay for moving this, this, this. But the 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 main issues of moving are still there, and that's always nothing that money can buy. Re- reasserting yourself in a new culture, in a new environment, making new friends, fitting in, not fitting in. You know, uh, the pressure of that, uh, not just for you and for your family on the court, but off the court. So it's it's never the easiest thing. Um, and I've been on all sides of that. I've been traded when I've wanted to be traded and I've been traded when I was kind of surprised to be traded, you know what I mean? You 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 just kind of have to keep moving forward. It's just, it's always a reality check at how much of a business it is. And that's why you see less players showing loyalty to their teams in today's day, because there is a, there really isn't any loyalty in terms of, you know, just the business of sports, not just the NBA, that's just sports in general. Uh, there always is to a certain extent, There there can be loyalty and a friendship in a bond between a player and a front office, no doubt, uh, and a culture, no doubt, but push comes to shove. They always have to do what's right for the culture. And if that means you leaving or getting traded. They'll do that.
0: Yeah. And I feel like what fans and everyone wants are players to buy into a team, a city, and just completely be locked in, right? Selfless. And you know, you could have that, but then you can get traded, you know, in a blink of an eye, you can find out on Twitter. And then you're on a different team. You're going to war with a different group. And I feel like that happening to you could make you a little, I mean, it's, you're humid. It can make you a little jaded, right? Like it can make you be like, you know, like, is this, you know, you want someone to buy in, but is this my team? Like once you get traded a few times, guys like Jeff Green that have played for, you know, 11, 12 teams, what's that like? It's probably a little different to buy in than your rookie year when you're just buying into the first team that, you know, drafts you.
1: Right. 100%. 100%. And I, 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 it does bother me that players find out on Twitter or I saw the Mikael Bridges where he found out through a FaceTime of a friend. I, I would like to get to the point where the player itself who's getting traded or moved can get a call from the front office first and foremost and be like, hey, the news is going to break in the next 10 minutes. We want to let you know first. Even if it's a text, a call, whatever the fuck you got to do. I, I, I don't know. But a player getting on his phone on FaceTime and talking to his teammate and his teammate saying, sorry, you're going. He's like, what are you talking about? And him not knowing what's going on is absurd to me. And it's not just this case. It happens all the time, all over the league. Players find out they're traded
0: through Twitter. Woj, you remember Harrison Barnes? Find out before half the on, league. Harrison Barnes got, found out he got traded. He got traded when he was on the bench for the Mavericks. That was the worst yeah, case mid-game. of it, I think. Yeah.
1: But here, see, that's different because that's listen, that, that can happen. A guy can be going out to do his job and a trade happens and they have to, might have to tell a player, like, hey, you just got traded, even if it's mid-game. At least they're telling him. In that case, it's hard for the player to find out first. But, but in a situation where a guy's not playing, like the first call should be the player. Like we just got this done, and and this is what's going to break. A player should not be finding out through shams or Woj. These guys know before the actual families and uh, and players that self for moving and uprighting their whole life. They don't. It's just like it's just a flawed system to me. I, I think it's bullshit. I've always felt it's bullshit. Uh, Shams and Wojo are the best at it. They're great. I have no problem with them being the first to to announce it. Just they need to be the second to the player. And it's not just them. It's everybody. The the player should be the first person to know they're getting traded. It consistently happens all the time. And I think it's bullshit. I mean, if you're going to trade someone, that's fine. It's a business, whatever, whatever. But we shouldn't be finding out through phone calls and Twitters and, and people breaking the news. Can you not call the player right away? Can both parties call the players involved? Let them know. Leave a voicemail or at least tell the agent that if he can't get a hold of the player, call the agent and tell them what's going on and then release it at least. But like, I that, I think it's a little cold when they do that, in my opinion.
0: And I feel like it happened to Josh Hart yesterday in warmups and I, he, he seemed like a good sport about it. Like, you know, there are people like Mikel Bridges went on Twitter in the morning and was like, oh my, oh my God, like I got I got traded. Like, they seem to be a good sport about it, but I completely understand what you're saying. Like, they need to clean that yeah, up. Yeah, yeah,
1: sure. I mean, listen, it's it's happened to me, bro. I, I found out I, I've been traded through woge you know what i mean and i just you know i just and then you get a call from the front office maybe an hour or two later or whatever the case may be and they talk to you and you just be professional about it you always have to be professional yeah. about it josh hart's a professional uh mikhail bridges isn't a pro- professional i'm a professional you know you have to be professional but it, it still doesn't diminish the fact that i think it's wrong i, th- I think the athlete and the player it's, itself should know before fans and anybody else that's just my opinion
0: whatever so let's get back to some of these trades at the deadline. The first one that kind of sparked everything was Kyrie going to the Mavs. And you've already kind of expressed your admiration for Kyrie's game, how good you think it is and everything like that. What do you think about the Mavs now with kind of Luka being paired with that? Are they, I mean, they've got to be a top backcourt in the NBA. What were your initial thoughts when you saw that?
1: I love when people are like debating whether they have the two best backcourt players. Like who's the best, like, who, who honestly would you guys put against Luka and Kyrie? Who's a better bas- backcourt than those two? Like, the fact that there's even, like, they're one of the best backcourts. Who's, you have the, like, the number one point guard, and I'll put number two, because Steph, Steph's the, the greatest point guard in the NBA, in my opinion. But Luca's two, and Kyrie's probably three. I mean, I, I'd, probably, I'd probably put Kyrie, Kyrie three, three or four. I mean, at that point, you're,
0: you know. He's up there with Dame, and yeah.
1: Yeah, he's, he's, he's nonetheless, Dame, he, he's in the top of the crew, and you have both of them on the same team. What you can do because they both can score the ball so well, so they're they're both like shooting guards anyways. So one can be a point guard, one can be a shooting guard. I mean, the the, the initial concern is ball movement. You know how much will be there. They have really good pieces around them. Josh, uh, who's a uh, what's a Green? Um, is it Josh Green? Josh Green. Yeah, he's really surprised them, and he's I like him. He plays hard. He's athletic. He, he's got game. Uh, J- uh, Jaden Harley. Is Jaden Hardy?
0: J- Jaden Hardy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he, I like him. And then they obviously still got their their anchors in terms of the, you know, their role cast. They got Timmy and uh they still have Christian Wood and they have Reggie Bullock. So they have like their core shooting role players there with their two stars. They have their bigs, they like that can switch because they like to switch one through five a lot. That's why they they play Claber, they play Dwight Powell. These guys can switch and guard one through five. So they still kept them pretty much their core of their team. Uh Finney Smith was a big loss, but you in Dinwiddie, but you replaced that with a Kyrie Irving. It seems you know, it seems like a good move. You just don't know what his future is going to hold this summer. But uh, they're they're going to be tough, man. Guarding him and Luca, man. Like, wow. You know, I, I can't wait. We play them in two days, so I'll get to find out. I think his home opener in Dallas uh, is when we play them. So that'll be a fun game.
0: I feel like people also, yeah, they're they're asking, can Kyrie play with Luca? How's that? How's that going to fit? Have people not seen in the past when there's a guy like? Luca, where James Harden, for example, in 2017, he gets a star secondary ball handler like Chris Paul. That was the best the Rockets were when they had another guy handling the ball like Chris Paul. And then you had Luca, he had Jalen Brunson last year. They went to the conference finals. So it yeah. seems like Luca and a guy like James Harden, I'm, I'm not saying they play the same, but their usage rate is kind of the same. You know, it's not too far off. Those guys do play better. The team has better success yeah. when there is a secondary ball handler. So I feel like it shouldn't be a thing about if, yeah, if Kyrie could fit, um, definitely could, especially if you stagger their minutes where one of them is always on the floor.
1: Great point. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, You know, James, I think, was at his best with Chris. It also relieved him in so many ways where he didn't have that nightly pressure to, like, carry a whole offense and create. You had another big-time creator. You know, that's that's what he's going to do. I mean, he's going to provide scoring and playmaking for them on a high, high level, To where Luka can still be high usage and dominate, but it's not just going to be so solely on him to play 42 minutes a night or 40 minutes a night where he's really just putting so much pressure on his body uh, when you have another superstar on your team. Uh, Because Kyrie is a superstar, I believe, and they're going to be really tough to guard.
0: Yeah, and I also feel like it's definitely a high risk Um, move that they made and they've been trying to pair Luca with like the right sidekick, right? They had Perzingis in there. They've had Brunson in there. Um, Do you feel like maybe they're running out of chances of kind of finding Luca like the right guy or? I think Luca is, it helps that
1: I would have to imagine Luca has, as a role model, he has a guy that stayed through the good and bad. I mean, Dirk's probably a role model for him there. He's from overseas. And Dirk won a championship there and is a legend there. And Luca probably sees that and says, you know what? I want to do the same thing, but maybe even more or even better. Uh, obviously to do so, he's got to continue to play the way he's doing and he has to bring him a championship. I think he's willing to go through that and stay put. Dallas is not a bad place to live. No income tax. It's very, very nice place to live. Um, it's a good, you know, uh, they got a good fan base, nice arena. I don't understand uh, they why they,
0: that- I don't understand why they haven't gotten free agents in the past. Like they struck out on like, I think it was, you know, Dwight Howard before Carmelo, Darren Williams back in the day. Then I went to Dallas and I was, I'm so shocked that they don't get, they're not a more of a free agent destination.
1: It is, it is one of those cities that's heavily slept on, you know, Phoenix was slept on for, for, for decades. You know what I mean? Before I was in the NBA and now like Phoenix is now because people have really like gone out there. It's like one of the favorites for, for, for players. Uh, that place is now like a hot, you saw Kevin Durant, one of his places, like I want to play Phoenix. Like people don't mind living there. It's beautiful. You can get a nice house for not too much. Uh, you, you, you got the girls, they got the environment, you got the, you got the sports teams, you got the nightlife. I mean, Phoenix is very similar to Dallas in a way, maybe not weather wise, but Dallas is still a gorgeous place to live. You just have more of a seasonal aspect there, but they, they have all the, the, the boxes ticked. And I think Luka has a great relationship with Jason Kidd, who's a legendary point guard himself. And I think he has a good relationship with with uh, Mark Cuban. And saying this, the business of basketball, anything could happen. But I don't see him going. I think he just stays there and just they're continue to try to build around him. And they'll keep taking chances. I think they'll the Kyrie thing doesn't work out. It'll be to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. I think the only consistent thing they have there is Luka, just like Dirk was. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't see him going anywhere for a while.
0: And I really appreciate the segue into our next topic, Phoenix. They made maybe the biggest move of the deadline. And just from a basketball standpoint, how do you feel about KD kind of paired up with, you know, Booker playing with Chris Paul, A-N? How do you think that's going to go? Well,
1: they're going to be really good. Um, I think this helps out Phoenix in two major ways. A Devin doesn't have to be such a... he just, They don't have to rely on him to score and come through all the time. Now you have the best closer in basketball, one of the best scorers to ever play at Grace the Game. Now you have him on your team. It also allows Chris Paul not to have so much pressure. I think he can now be a little bit even more removed from like, you know, he's gotten older. I think you went from him being the best player on your team, then he went and teed up with James and kind of played alongside and was that Robin, you know what I mean, played second, and then... He went to Phoenix and played second again, but he's gotten older, so now I think he gets to play third. You know, I mean, he's kind of like moving his way. It, it allows him to kind of take a step back as well. Um, anytime Chris Paul's your, you know, your third best player on your team, you're pretty damn good. Uh, so then you had you keep Aiden. I mean, so that they, they have anytime a anytime very, Aiden
0: is your fourth best player, you're really really good. Right? Yeah.
1: Exactly. So they have all the pieces there. They're going to be a really good team, and they're going to be a team that's going to be fighting to go to the championship, no doubt. With that being said, what's going to be their concern or what's their Achilles heel right now would be their supporting cast and what they can add because they lost a lot. They lost a lot of good key players, especially defensively. Especially defensively. All their best defensive players, for the most part, are left. Josh Okogie has played really well for them. I think that's also what's helped them make that decision uh, because he's really stepped up as a really good defender for them. So I think he'll keep his way in that rotation. And I think with a lot of these players being bought out, which you'll see, um, they're going to sign and add players. I think uh, you have, you know, campaigns still there. You have Damian Lee, who's really filled in, in the, as that backup shooting spot. You have a Kogi, who's like a hustle player. I would not be surprised if they go after, though, like a Russell Westbrook or a Reggie Jackson, a Will Barton. Some of these guys, some high-level players are going to get bought out and are going to sign quickly with the new team. You see, I've already seen Brent Forbes looking to go to Milwaukee. I've seen rumors of Will Barton might make a reunion back to Denver uh, off the bench there. You know, there's a lot of different places that Reggie Jackson is is a favorite to go to Phoenix. They're saying, uh, uh, what's uh, what's his name? Uh, Russell might go to Miami. I mean, these are all rumors, but people are going to make signs, you know, in the next week or two, you'll see some of these guys who who have gotten bought out or waived, you know, sign on some new team. So that's going to be their their question. What can Phoenix add as their supporting cast?
0: And I feel like every time that happens, for example, when the Miami had the big three, they were like, well, who, how are they going to fill out the rest of the roster? The, the NBA has a lot of good players that they, they figure it out. Yeah. Like you said, you just named like, you know, the Shamit camp, campaign, Damian Lee. They have TJ Warren. They, they're gonna, they going to, these players are, they're, they're in the NBA. They're good basketball players. Like, they're, they're pros, gonna step man. Up. Yeah.
1: They, they got the hard part down first. That's to get stars, okay? So that's what they, that's, they took the bet, like all the teams that have won. Let's let's have a, the Warriors are no different. All the teams who have won over the past 50 years. Let's have a great starting unit. <laughs> mm. Let's load that up as much as we can. And then we'll, let's try to fill in the pieces with really good pros. There are good pros out there that they'll be able to fill in. Like you said, TJ Warren is a really good player. It's just, his only concern is his health. But if he's healthy, that's a, I mean, that's a great role player to have. Shamit can shoot. Damian Lee is a pro. Played on the winning team of the Warriors last year and has played really well for them this year. And uh, Josh Okogie's really, like, surprised them over the past couple of months. He's played good basketball for them. So, you know, they're going to be really good. They're going to be a top-tier team in the West. Uh, and they're going to be one of the teams to look out to to come out of the West, for sure.
0: Yeah, and I feel like also there's KD... Chris Paul, Devin Booker, even TJ Warren. This is one of the best mid-range teams ever assembled. All they need to yeah, do is this add might DeMar be this might
1: be the best this they might be they, they might be the best mid-range team ever assembled. Yeah, for if sure. If they if
0: they win the championship, the mid-range is officially back.
1: Well, I hope not because uh I my, my whole game has been t- tailored to threes and layups. So
0: well, it's, it's Daryl Morey ball, but 100% though, the Suns are a great mid-range team. I don't, if they this yeah. summer somehow get DeMar DeRozan, just chalk it up as the best mid-range team of all time.
1: Yeah, DeMar DeRozan would be insane. I know.
0: <laughs> Another team that got a lot better, uh, let's think here. We got the Lakers, and they added, we already talked about earlier, four rotation guys. They added shooting, they got younger. Do you think that they're definitely in the playoff mix now because right now they're on the outside looking in.
1: It's going to be tough, man, because there's 25 games. So in for some teams, even less. So now when there's that many games left, not only is your season predicated on how well you play, it's tough when you have to also depend on someone else losing. It'd be one thing if there's 50 games left and there are two games out. There's 25 games left and they are three, four games out. You know what I mean? And the teams that they need to lose are teams that don't lose a lot. You know what I mean? The te- the West is loaded, though. I mean, Memphis, uh, I think even Memphis got better. They, they added Luke. It provides them even more shooting around Ja. Uh, the Clippers really got, I think the Clippers really got better. Um, you know, they lost kind of like baggage that like, you know, guys that weren't, they, they didn't really want to play. And they added like a spry Bones Highland and an Eric Gordon. Who and you and you played started. with
0: er- Eric Gordon and Bones Highland, and you like you like both their games.
1: Yeah. I, I love I love both of their games. Uh, this would be a good place for 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 Bones to go. I think it's his first time getting traded. I think it's his first time going through the business of basketball. Him understanding how serious it is to go somewhere and acclimate, you know. Um, and he's going to be around top tier scores guys that could probably teach him a lot just about getting to their spots, playing with pace, you know, learning how to make plays for others cuz cuz the dude has like so much talent. So, yeah, I I, I like uh, I like Bones there and I'm really happy for Eric. Eric's kind of been stuck down in Houston for a little bit of time which didn't really seem like the vet fit for him and now he gets to go on like a contending team which Eric belongs on. He's a really good player. I played with Eric in Houston. He was nasty. So, uh, him getting out and going to the Clippers is going to be really cool. Where he it's, started, too.
0: And I also feel like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. I forgot about that. He was part of the Chris Paul trade. Yeah. Yeah, the The Nuggets are at the top of the West right now. And I think they probably thought, hey, you know what? We might just sneak in, you know, win the West this year. It's kind of been a, a weaker Western conference. And then every team got better.
1: They, they went from being like, you know what? The Nuggets are probably come out. I mean, they're playing really well to being like, oh, well, hold up. The whole West has reloaded. And the East, the East is just top heavy. You know, you got Boston, Milwaukee, and Philly. You know, those are the three teams. Um, I like Cleveland. Milwaukee, Cleveland as well. They're just young, man. I like Cleveland. They're really good. It's just hard for me to see them beating like a Philly or 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 a Boston or a Milwaukee in a, a seven-game series. You know what I mean? They are really good, though. I like Cleveland, and they're going to be a good team for a long time. I like their coach. Um, I, I like what they've put together over there. But... They are a little bit young, so you know we'll see.
0: Are you a little surprised about the Nets roster and them not making other moves after they collected kind of all of those solid players? Yeah, they got a bunch of pros. They're just not—they're not put together.
1: Well. I mean, like Cam, Cam's like their best player. I, I don't even know. I mean, like it's—it's it's a weird team now. They don't really have a direction at this point. It's kind of just like, but they're not like in the bottom of the East too because of <laughs> because of the, the the team they had before. They still could make. They'll probably either be in the playoffs or a play-in at worst. You know what I mean? They're just they don't have a team that they're trying to move forward with. I mean, I I would imagine they're going to be really busy this summer trying to bring in guys or move guys. You know, I don't really know what direction they're going to go in now. Uh, But they have so many pros that could help, like a lot of good teams. So
0: it reminds me of the Jazz in the beginning of this year, how they got rid of Rudy and Donovan Mitchell, and they just had all of these. They had like they went like eleven deep of just solid players. And it's a lot of players that other teams want. And it was just kind of weird and wacky. And they were winning games in the beginning of this year. And now the, I look at the Nets roster and I'm looking at all these players and I'm like, man, these guys could really help other people. And together, it just, no one's really standing out, but it's just a bunch of good players. Besides Cam. Are you, are Cam Thomas? He's going
2: crazy right now.
0: All right. Well, let's take a quick break. And then when we get back, we'll talk about Cam Thomas going on that big scoring run.
2: Just go to Indeed.com slash nba right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Sonic. Fuel up for game day and any day, really, at Sonic. For a limited time, you can get the new $1.99 Sonic Crispy Tender Wraps. And trust me, you don't want to miss out. A crispy chicken tender and bold flavors like Hickory Barbecue and Cheesy Baja crisp lettuce and melty cheese that make the perfect bite. So go get yourself some TLC, some tender love and chicken and buy a $1.99 Sonic Crispy Chicken tender wrap today. Tax not included, limited time only at participated Sonic drive-ins.
3: This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side-by-side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.
0: So Cam Thomas had three straight 40-point games after they shipped off, you know, the Nets-Stars you and me have always talked about how there's so many good players in the world and all it takes is opportunity. He's obviously a really good example of that. What do you think about his games?
1: Yeah, he's talented. He's a confident scorer, um, can do it at three levels, has a mid-game, has a three-point game, can get to the basket. He's shifty. Uh, and yeah, you know, opportunity is everything. He's taking advantage of it. Three games in a row of 40 is no easy feat. I mean, that's he's really putting in some points and some buckets in a short amount of time. You know, that's again, like we talked about, the Nets are not like a team that's contending anymore, um, but they still have a team full of pros who are going to do their job and play. Um, I'm sure a lot of them will be moved this summer to various places because, like you said, they have like a whole team full of like really desirable um, role players. You know what I mean? They have a lot of really good role players on their team. Uh, So I'm sure a lot of those guys will be moving in in, in new directions this summer. So the rest of the season, you just kind of just play it out. You know, if they go to the playoffs, great. They don't they don't um but cam thomas guys like that are gonna have an opportunity to really go out there and like show their ability and show what they could do the nba is 100 uh what am i looking for what's the word i'm looking for opportunity (laughs) uh for lack of a better word it's it's 100 opportunity based man it's all about opportunity it's all about fit it's all about scheme people constantly look at players and be like, oh, that guy's a role player. Like, bro, no duh. The NBA is 99% role players. There's one, 0.1% of stars. There's usually one star team. Maybe some teams don't have any. And then some teams that are really good will have two. The whole league is made up of role players. And it's all situation. And it's all based off of if you fit into the scheme. Most role players on average, were are all getting five to six shots per player. So you're going to average... F- Six, seven points, five points, depending on, you know, opportunity. Guys could go down and you'll see a guy have 30 points. You'll be like, oh my God, he was night of his life. No, bro. He just got time. He got minutes. Guy's really good. Kem Thomas has always been a really good scorer. He's playing with the two best players, two best one-on-one players in NBA. He's playing with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant the past couple of years. You know, I see that all the time. Uh, so I'm happy for him. I'm happy they got an opportunity.
0: Yeah, and I feel like people were surprised about his scoring outbursts. Everyone besides him, he earlier in the year in his Instagram bio had free CT in there, and he just seems like a super confident guy. And I know uh, I'm cool with Javante Smart that played with him at LSU. And one time I asked Javante, I said, "Who's the best shooter you've ever been around?" He wasn't joking at all. Cam Thomas does not miss, and he was saying how great of a shooter he is. Definitely stems from confidence. So that he, by the way, he didn't even make the uh, Rising Stars game. He's not even the rookie sophomore game, and he's out here scoring 40 in three straight games. So yeah, that's, that's a, crazy. That's a, that's a, that's a snub. I the wish the could,
1: rookie, the rookie All Star game means about as much as nothing as something could. Pop- it's the most waste of an All Star game. The, who the first off, who the fuck watches it? I think they who sneak, the, it's the most sneak it in. It's between, the least uh, competitive game ever put together. And you're rewarding players for doing what? Being half decent. Half the guys that play are just some of them are just on bad fucking teams. Most of the good players that pan out are guys that aren't playing a lot right now and they're just on really good teams. Like some good players get drafted to just teams that are really good. So they just don't have a chance to play. And then two, three years later, because they've learned from good players and good pros, they like turn into good pros. And that guy that made the rookie all-star games, not even in the league anymore. Like the, that game is so stupid. I've never liked it. And I say that because I never made it. I never made it in the rookie game. Yeah, there's definitely some bitterness in here. Yeah, I true. never made it to the rookie game and I never made it to the sophomore game. And if you look from the class of two thousand and twelve, the draft class, I would love to know how many guys are left. You know what I'm saying? And there's a lot of guys, a lot of us who didn't make that game. Draymond didn't make that game. You know what I mean? And Draymond's obviously uh, see when he's done his career. And there's a a plethora of guys who haven't made the the Rising Stars Challenge, and have turned out to have good careers. Like Cam Thomas, like you just said, having three point. But you'll have five guys from the. I'm not even going to say the name of a team, but you will have the five guys from one team and they're just ridiculous. I mean, it's just it's yeah, I don't I don't pay attention to that at all, bro. No rookie should pay attention to the rookie sophomore game. It's a waste of fucking
0: time. So, what would you rather watch? The celeb game or the rookie sophomore game? I'd rather watch the I'd rather watch Kevin Hart shoot three-pointers. There's no way he's still
1: in it. Or 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 Doctor from Grey's Anatomy uh uh, uh hit a backdoor layup than Watching the rookie sophomore game. They don't even play defense. They just let each other like throw it off the glass and dunk.
0: Do you think this Cam Thomas thing is the closest thing we've seen since Lynn's sanity? Or do you think it's just the two have nothing to do with each other? Who? Cam Thomas's run. Is that the closest no, thing man, you've seen? Cam's since- and this is
1: no discredit to Lynn, uh, to Jeremy, because Jeremy could play. You know, Jeremy was a good basketball player, and a lot of times people just used his ethnic background is like a slight towards him like oh he could ball for you know he's, he's an asian guy that played in the NBA. like bro no he could actually really play basketball he played at harvard worked his way up the hard way, went through the g league really earned his way in the nba and then took advantage of a moment and then after that was able to have like you know a semi-productive pretty you know decent career after that and then uh obviously found his way out but i feel like cam thomas is more of a prospect and a guy that you know people look at as you know, someone who could be a, uh, you know, who knows for this team. I mean, 3.40 point games in a row is impressive. Not to mention, that's not the first time he's done that. He's always been a pretty good score.
0: Have there been any, and you're, I know you've seen all the trades that happened today. Which one of, your, which one of the trades caught your eye that was most underrated?
1: Oof, it's a good question. Um, I, I, I was surprised by the Baisley, but
0: they're not really using him. So you think he'll have an impact on the Suns? Like you said, people are worried about their depth now that they have their...
1: I like I th- I just like his ability. He's he's like 6'10" and could dribble the ball. He's athletic as hell. He's not a great sh- jump shooter, but he's very capable. You can't just leave him open. He has a solid jump shot that he I'm sure he can improve on. And he's going to be in a run and gun system in, in in Phoenix and he's super athletic. I just think he has ability and he's young. I I like I like him. I I th- I don't know why they did that, especially considering they're a team that's like going young, they're rebuilding with all these young players and picks. But they, I think they like the foreign player. Uh, I can't pronounce his name. It starts with a P. Um, the Thunder. Pocono, po- uh Okachewski. Yes. Yeah, they yeah. Him, they like he's called him. Po-
0: people, it's Poku. People go Poku, yeah.
1: Yeah, that, I knew he had a nickname like that. Um, they like him, I think. And uh, the kid, Jalen Williams, is like a... He's the real deal, so... I think they just had to make that move. I guess now I see why it makes sense. But I think the Phoenix did a great job in acquiring him. Now that I think about it, Phoenix has a really good team. Jesus. Yeah, they'll be a good, they'll be good. Phoenix is gonna be good.
0: Like you said, it's the, the defensively is probably where they lost, you know, Bridges and Cam Cam Johnson. So I don't is- there,
1: there wasn't a trade that blew my mind. I mean, I knew Kevin Kevin to the Phoenix is the most shocking one. I mean, everybody knew he was gonna be dealt after Kyrie left because there wasn't enough for that's the point. KD felt like there wasn't enough on the Brooklyn team with him to win. So, you know, without him, they're they're a whole different team. So, I mean, he he wanted to go somewhere else. I didn't know where it was going to be, but yeah, Phoenix is a place. They made it happen. You knew Matt Ishbia, the new owner of the Suns, was coming in to make moves. He wants to win now, prove something. Um, they're probably more of a desirable team because of the new ownership, uh, you know, that's in there. So, yeah, I mean, Phoenix is going to be, they went from like mid-season. Everybody thought this team was on the verge of collapsing. Everybody was like, you know, they're gonna trade CP and, and and they don't this guy doesn't get along with this guy, and the coaches don't get along with the coach, and this, this, this. And now you got, you know, a whole new life there. So they're gonna be a dangerous team.
0: I feel like, yeah, I feel like everyone was saying that Phoenix, the vibes were off ever since game seven last year against this, um, against the Mavericks. People were counting them off, but got hurt, they started losing a bunch of games. Just adding Kevin Durant, just, it just changes everything. And like you said, their, their roster is insane right yeah. now. And if they can figure it out, they're going to be they're definitely one of the favorites. Did you happen to watch, before all the trade deadline hoopla, did you happen to watch LeBron pass Kareem? Of
1: course. Yeah, of course, man. Uh, an amazing night in basketball history. Uh, an amazing night for him. The funniest part about it was the fact that Thomas Bryant actually thought for like a second that he was going to get that fucking ball. Like, my man had him pinned (laughs) wide open. Wide open under the basket. Would have been a good play to throw it to him, too, because he was wide open and had a guard under him. He would have definitely turned and finished. LeBron shoots a one-legged fadeaway. Thomas Bryant's in the frame, like, (laughs) not a chance.
0: That's his last moment on the Lakers, too. He just got traded today. Not only
1: the last moment, he will be remembered in that photo forever forever which isn't a bad thing because he was actually doing his job he s- closed out a guy had a wide open thomas is actually really good for the he, Lakers he plays
0: hard as, he plays hard as shit every time i watch he thomas he plays Brad hard play, as hell
1: yeah. he plays hard as hell every night and he's a skilled big i mean he he's doesn't have the greatest footwork defensively so he struggles on the defensive end but he makes up for it a lot of ways with his effort and with his shooting as a big he picks he rolls he plays hard everyone has positive things to say about it i actually played with thomas a little bit in dc it was before he really started to play a lot but I, I liked him. I liked his energy. Um, but yeah, the, him, him in that frame is just completely <laughs> comedy. I was joking about it. If I'm Williams on the Thunder and I get switched on LeBron for the point that's going to make him, I'm not switching. LeBron's getting an easy highway down to the basket. He's getting an easy highway for a dunk. I'm not going to be in the frame.
0: Selfish. Selfish. It's crazy that I asked you about LeBron, but we just went on a little Thomas Bryant rant. <laughs> it was just, we we're just pitching Thomas, Thomas Bryant. Well, no, I was just
1: talking about the moment. The moment is just too good not to talk about it. I know there's no way I'm being in that frame.
0: I don't want to be in that frame. I don't want to be in it. The I don't whole be in game it, uh, was a spectacle. Every time LeBron got the ball, the crowd was nuts. And it, it, you could just feel it was it, a weird, it was a
1: weird game. There's also There's also a lot of weird things going on over there. Like, I don't know what's going on over there.
0: I think you're referring to AD kind of... Moping around with there's a lot of ring. weird
1: stuff going on over there. I don't, and again, no one knows, so we can't speak on it. I can't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be that guy in the media that's gonna like speculate and start to throw stuff out there in the wind. I don't like when people do that to me or anybody else I play with, so I'm not gonna do that. Something is. I don't know what that was. It was weird. And then now things are coming out because of that clip. Him sitting down, people are gonna do their digging and their and their research, and people are now coming up with stuff. They're saying there's stuff there. There's still, oh, there was stuff with Russ and obviously people knew that anytime you got your player going on TV saying, I'm mad that we didn't get a certain player traded here. Like, obviously, what do you think the guy in the locker room feels? You know, Russ is probably like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? So it was just the whole dynamic was strange. You know what I mean? Like Russ got into it with the coach at halftime. Then he finished the game and 80's sitting down while, you know, LeBron's getting the record. They're trying to win the game, but are they trying to win the game? Is it about his scoring? Then they stopped the game. There's 10 seconds left in the third quarter. Fucking Adam Silver is in the middle of the court with the, with the microphone.
0: They couldn't play the 10 seconds at the end of
1: the third? That's I was like Thunder players are sitting there like <laughs> being a good sport about it. Just completely disregarding the fact that it's a regular season game. And they're trying to get in the playoffs. No one gives a fuck. And I get it. Because we just seen something well, that...
0: There's, there's there's no protocol for this. I mean, this has happened once every 40 years. So we don't really know when it happened. I don't think there was like, oh, what's the rule book on this? Should we stop the game? Should we not? It just never happens. So I think they Kareem,
1: just... Kareem's watching. Kareem's watching and just c- complete bafflement. Just trying to figure out what the hell's going on. There's, 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 there's stuff going on. It was, I don't it think was a Kareem, circus in
0: there. I don't think Kareem was hating that night. I think he was like a 75-year-old guy that was just like in a, in a circus... And he was just like, man, can we get this over with? Like, I don't think he necessarily was like mad. Obviously, the last few months, even this whole year, he knew that the record was going to be passed. I think for him, it was just like, God, the camera was just panning on him every time LeBron did anything. I mean, we get to 36 points. Every basket, was sta- we're, we're staring at Kareem's reaction. There My was God. a
1: camera in Kareem's face the entire game. Right. There's no way he was comfortable with it.
0: I don't think LeBron
1: was... I think LeBron wanted to get it over with. I think he's like, man, let me just get back to playing basketball because it's hard to... That, that has just been... But the 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 stoppage in the middle of the game, ten seconds left in the third quarter, in a crucial game, the Lakers are trying to make the playoffs. Here, they stopped the fucking game for twenty minutes. I I knew it was something was going on when LeBron starts calling his kids on the court. He starts calling his family. I see I see his mom on the court. Then I see Mav in the background. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Next thing you know, Adam Silver's walking out of the night. I thought they won the NBA Finals. There's a parade. People were crying. It's a like, huge is...
0: accomplishment. It's not going to happen in our lifetime again. It's a huge accomplishment. I don't it want never to it. Will... No, 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 no. It. I don't want to it, it. never downplay. will
1: happen. It, it probably will never happen. I I, I I. I. see Rich Paul on the court. I'm looking for Adele. I I don't know what's going on.
0: <laughs> okay, also, when LeBron made it, he just put both, hand, both arms up. It started running the other way. The 10 seconds, he... I think it was kind of him. He ran back after he made it, put the arms up, and then everyone was like I, th- I guess we have to stop playing. Like we're not going no, we we to we're going to have shade just go down off. the court. Yeah.
1: You have to. You have to Listen, I'm I'm making fun of this right now to all the people that are going to be listening to it. I'm I'm making fun of this. The NBA script was good that night. But you have to stop the game. I mean, what what we saw was remarkable. Uh I mean, what what, what we like you like you just alluded to. We'll never see something like this happen probably again. Um You know what I mean? That's a special night that everybody will remember where they were that night where LeBron passed Kareem and became the all-time leading scorer. I mean, just think the top of the list, most points, most buckets ever in the NBA, your name's number one. I mean, that is insane. You know what I mean? And to do it in today's era, today's regulation, the the way the games advance with the pressure that's been on him, LeBron continually makes his case for the GOAT. and every bucket from now on, it just extends that record, which is going to be insane because he's pro- probably got another four or five years of pretty decent, good basketball in him. So uh, high-level basketball. I mean, he's dominating still at his age. So crazy night. Just funny, though, man. The 10 seconds left in the game just absolutely blew me. I, 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 was, I was laughing so hard watching that just because I know the Thunder were over there like, what the fuck is going on?
0: What is going on? It was crazy. It was a crazy night overall, and I knew obviously. I think you were the same way. We saw LeBron with his outfit, what he chose. We knew he was going for it. And oh no, he meant business. Yeah, he, meant he was business. going for it. He then he had the out headband everybody. on. Yeah, had the headband. On. He was going for it. It would have been embarrassing if he did it. Was with the more Do you know what's even more impressive?
1: You know what's more impressive? He did it efficiently. Like he didn't go out on some. Listen, I love the way Kobe went out. By the way, the way Kobe went out his last game just like on some I'm firing it is the most legendary shit I've ever seen in my 50 life 50 shot attempts but I love I love that LeBron did on the other hand I love that LeBron did it so efficient like he knew he going not get to that 36 and he did it efficiently playing the right way playing within the scheme wasn't chucking chucking bad shots like bro, I think he was like what was he at one point he was like 10 for 16 or something like that like he was playing like high level basketball like you knew he would you knew he meant business with the all black fit that he came in on
0: that was a crazy fit. Also, All black
1: ceramic skeletal AP. Don't think I didn't notice. We'll watch that's, a little, a little
0: that's a little... That's, a, that's, a, that's above my pay grade, but... I, above so my pay grade. I, I just saw it. <laughs> the crazy thing, too, is, you know, he obviously was going for it, and so he was being a little more aggressive. Normally, he's like a pass guy. Kind of lets the game... The, the, the kind of game come to him in the beginning of a game, and then he figures it out. You saw him aggressive in year 20, get to that 36 and three quarters. Imagine if he was always that aggressive and wasn't, you know, fourth and assist all the time. And he was always trying to score like a KD or a Kobe. I'm not trying to, you know, name guys, but their their job isn't exactly to create for others like LeBron has done his whole career. Look what he could do in his 20th year, how easy he could score if he just wants to score. It's crazy.
1: Exactly. For real though. For real though. If he really wanted to just be on some like, fuck winning, losing, I'm going out here to score. If you just thought like strictly as a scorer, I, this record probably would have been broke three four years ago right if he put it if LeBron put his head down and went to the basket every single time like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go like
0: yeah you you see guys that have that, I don't know like, man I don't
1: know I don't know how much better I don't know how much better he could really be man we're like no, no we're, we're, we're ne- saying
0: better as a scorer. I'm not saying better as a player I love the way he's an all-around guy I just feel like he he never has those like you know four for 25 games that some of the no, he ones doesn't he's had. too Some efficient have... exactly. He's, yeah, he's
1: too efficient at getting to the basket
0: right. so it's it's just a testament to how good he is. You mentioned Kobe's last game. It's crazy how these guys with all the hype, you know the celebrities there for both of those games we just mentioned, how they kind of rise above it every time and put on a show because it could be easy it could really it could be really easy to not right and to kind of fold under that pressure other players have. and those two guys just when when the lights are on, they kind of get better, yeah all right. are you uh, are you ready for rapid fire? Can
1: I ask you this one question though?
0: Okay. Sure. Are you surprised the heat and the Raptors didn't make moves? I'm shocked that the, Ra- if the Raptors haven't made moves, if, if, if they were never going to make moves, what was this season about? Because I feel like there was a cloud over their team the last few months with Van Vliet or even Siakam or OG, like being on all these trade rumors. Every team has OG in a, like a, you know, in their Jersey, you know, on Twitter. It, it's, if they weren't going to move these guys, their record would have been a lot better. The vibes would have been a lot better for them, I'm sure, if they just kind of stuck with those guys, didn't have all these trade rumors going. Like, what's going on with them? The fact that they kept them, and Van Vliet's a free agent this summer. OG knows you were trying to move them. I, I just don't understand how they didn't make a move. Then they add Yako Poto there. Um, they added a guy. They didn't lose guys. They added a guy. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. I'm surprised Miami didn't move anybody either. They saw they were like a... They're still trying to add some of those, I think, guys who might get bought out. Um, but I thought they were going to make a move. It looked like Fred Van Fleet, a couple other guys were like favorites to go to Miami, which is weird. They do have Kyle there. He's fit in there, and he's, he has a really good chemistry with Jimmy. Um, but I wonder what they're, what direction they're trying to go in right now. They're obviously still trying to compete for something. They have a good enough team. They're like kind of just stuck in the middle where they're not like good enough to contend, contend, but they're no by no means a bad team. They got, they're a high-level team, high-level coached. Uh, so I'm surprised they didn't make a, a move to to really try to improve this year. Maybe I think they're just, you know, maybe they're thinking. So I think sometimes I, I don't know. I, you start thinking about next year, or maybe they're 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 take their chances with the team they have now. Um,
0: maybe maybe they're just super. Maybe they're just super confident because in the last three years they've been to the finals, and last year they went to the conference finals. Uh, you know, a Jimmy Butler three away from going to the finals for the second time in three years. This is that same group. I mean, I thought they would maybe move Lowry. I mean, you, you heard about that, but maybe they just think they can get it together. It's, it's e, Kyle, is it got just... weaker? Yeah. So maybe they saw an opening. Same with the Bulls who didn't make a move. I thought for sure there'd be, you know, sellers. They don't have their own pick though. So maybe they have no, they, this year. So maybe they don't have any incentive to kind of blow it up in tank. But I know a lot of people thought they would. All right. Rapid fire. Uh, it's fight night edition. Are you ready to answer these? Oh, God, Pasha. (laughs) Go ahead, man. All right. Just go ahead. I knew you couldn't resist. (laughs) Is it true you got Mo Bamba traded out of Orlando?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's crazy. I've seen all the memes and stuff today. I want to take credit for that, but I I can't. I I had nothing to do with that, and I don't wish ill will on nobody. Uh, Although I do think he's happy. I think he's happy to be going to get a fresh start and going to L.A. You saw him post something, I think, where he's like by the U-Haul trucks, but.
0: What is the funniest thing that someone texted you after that?
1: I got a voice message from Jamie Foxx on Instagram. And I'm like, okay. So I go through my Instagram. I see Jamie Foxx sent me a voice memo. So I click the. He goes, all right, young fella. Got to get them off you. Got to get those big. I, I can't say everything. He said, got to get the big motherfuckers off you. I seen you with the little left, right. I was just laughing, man. He's just like, well, you know, way to handle yourself. You know, got to protect yourself. You know, just, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, I feel like
0: what I learned from it was the best time to ever get into a fight. If you have to is right before the trade deadline, because a bunch of shit happened right after LeBron passed Kareem. The Grammys. They forgot about me real quick. Yeah. The Grammys were on KD got traded. I had like a, two hours of
1: being a b-list celebrity and then i went immediately back down to like a d-list right after the uh grammys and the trade deadline went back on
0: i had my moment and it was a brief moment because it feels like that was, was brief. like a year ago and it was six days ago somebody messaged me on instagram that night and said a random person said this is your fault because you brought up the Royal Rumble. Who would win in the Royal Rumble in the NBA? We said Steven Adams. And someone blamed me and said, I put it in your brain, the the whole fighting thing. And then you went out there and you had fighting on the mind. So I apologize for my part in it. And I don't know if you even agree with that, but that was, yeah, I got that random DM.
1: I mean, any opportunity I have to put a little bit of blame on you, Pasha, I'm just going to go ahead and take it. So yeah, you... That's fair. You have your part in this for sure.
0: I'll make sure I don't, I, I'm careful what I bring up going forward for sure.
1: Yeah, just, I'm, listen, I'm I'm easily, I'm easily, uh, my mind's still young, still being molded. Just be careful
0: what you say around You're You're not the oldest guy in the Timberwolves anymore, so now you're, your mind is young. I'm not anymore, I'm
1: not. I'm actually rather young. I'm actually rather young nowadays, if you haven't noticed. I'm far from being the oldest player, and I'm, I'm very happy about it.
0: I think around the players now, you should call Mike like old head, kind of really play into this young thing. Maybe ask Mike for advice a lot. Yeah, really play into it.
1: That's a great idea. I'm like,
0: what up, OG? What up, o What up, baby? There you go. It's all about how you frame it. You're in control. I'm in control. 100%. For sure. You're in Memphis. You have a game tomorrow. What's, what's what's for dinner tonight? Because when I think of Memphis, I think of barbecue and Gus's fried well, chicken. Well, if I can
1: get the hell off. If, I, if this ends anytime soon, uh, well, I'll, I'll get to go to flight maybe. Otherwise, it's going to be like, I don't know. What do you order late
0: night in Memphis? Papa John's? I don't, I don't even know what they have out here. Blue, I think it's Blue City Cafe on Beale Street. Get it to go. Unbelievable food. It's a staple in the city. It's open till really city late. What? I think it's Blue City Cafe. It's, it's on Beale at the end of the road. It's really, really good. And it's open till really late. Have you ever been to Gus's right. Fried Chicken?
3: Yeah,
1: of course. Dots. It's great. They got, I mean, their barbecue and, and fried chicken down here is. it's hard to beat. It really is. It's really good. They yeah, got that, some good food down here. They got especially some soul food. They got great soul food down here.
0: I lived there for three years, and I was trying to keep it healthy. And obviously, the barbecue is like the best there. But every time someone visited, what did they want? They want the barbecue. They want to get that fried chicken. And people were visiting often, so I was constantly having to go get the barbecue, get the fried chicken. Because that's what they wanted when they visited. Were you a uh, Graceland legend? I went to, I went to Graceland once. My, uh, my ex-girlfriend was a big Elvis fan, so I took her out there. Shout out to her. We don't, we don't need to do that, but she, we, it was really cool. To, it was really cool to go one time. It was really cool to go one time. I Did mean, they you have, go through the house and everything? They have a lot of anything Elvis. They have it on the walls, man. I don't even, it was, it was, it was a lot. If you're an Elvis fan, you gotta see it. it. is
1: Isn't it remarkable of how much stuff they have of his still? It's like overwhelming. You're like walking through this house and like every picture frame, every, like they maintained it. Like I was like, this is kind of like a little weird.
0: Oh, I walked by like the racquetball court, and there was a water fountain there. And the guy that was giving me like a tour, he was like, "Yeah, Elvis used to drink out of that water fountain a lot." I was like, looking at it, I was like, "I don't know." What the-. Checks that he signed were up there. I was like, "Did Elvis okay this?" I felt like I was invading a guy's house. Like it was nuts, but super detailed. They wouldn't let us near. They wouldn't let us upstairs though. Oh, they didn't. I don't. Yeah, I guess not. I don't remember
1: they don't let you upstairs whereas the master bedroom is and the bathroom is of course which is where everybody really wants to go you kind of want to see like if you're already in that space you just it's kind of like when you're on YouTube and like you look up something and then you end up in just like a deep hole next thing you know you're watching like just videos that like you go to bed and you have to put on like the Grinch or something like that before so you can feel good about yourself again like I I go on YouTube and sometimes I'll get in a dark hole and I've got to remember who I am as a person <laughs>
0: I think we're all guilty of the YouTube dark holes for sure. And I I agree afterwards, you got to like, you know, soft landing into the night. We got to put on like friends and just go to
1: sleep. Throw on (laughs) on some, uh, hey Arnold, some Doug, or I'll throw (laughs) on a a damn uh, Pixar DreamWorks movie and feel good about myself again.
0: That's awesome. All right, well, good luck tomorrow. I'll be watching. I don't want to keep you up too late. Enjoy that flight food. And uh, we'll talk next week.
1: Appreciate you, my guy. Uh, Always been real. A lot going on this week. I'm sure a lot will continue. This season's going to end in a lot of ways, all exciting. So look forward to chatting up with you.
3: There's a lot that could impress you about the all new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com Prologue to learn more.
1: This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants.